Hi, and welcome back to Battle Plan, a podcast on spiritual warfare. Uh, this is uh, session two. Um, it's entitled, God Told Me to Tell You Something. I mentioned last time that after dad died, we found an envelope from him, thick and sealed and addressed to me and my little brother, but instructing us not to open it, uh, instructed us to destroy it without opening it, which we did. And that experience uh, made me start to contemplate dad being in heaven and and think about uh, what heaven was really like. And it dawned on me that, you know, I've, I've been in church all my life and never heard a sermon what heaven was like. Heard about hell and the heat and all that, but um, never heard about what heaven might be like. And I started thinking about that. You know, why, why do Olympic athletes train and exercise and eat right day after day after day? What motivates them? How do they stay focused? And how are they able to have the self-discipline necessary to uh, eat right and exercise and work hard every day? I think it's because they're picturing their goal. They're visualizing themselves on that podium, receiving a medal, uh, being a top athlete in the world. And that that visualization that they do motivates them to keep on keeping on. And when you think about what is our motivation for living right and being a Christian, uh, big, big picture, motivation is heaven, eternity with God, right? And we never even talk about it. And I'll just tell you, I think Satan loves that. He loves that we don't talk about and get excited about heaven. Because if you're not excited about where you're going, I don't think you're going to work very hard to take anyone with you, right? And if heaven is dull and boring, like it's been portrayed in the past, you're not going to be interested in taking anyone with you. Anyway, all that interest in heaven and contemplation about dad being there made me want to research heaven, read a bunch of books on it. So I went to our local Bible bookstore and I went to the front desk and said, uh, ma'am, would you just point me to the heaven section? And she just looked at me and laughed. She said, son, there, there's no heaven section. In fact, we don't have any books on heaven. I was just shocked by that. Our whole goal as a Christian is heaven, and we don't even talk about it? I think Satan loves that. So that's when I started to do my own research. Uh, I started to spend breakfast and lunch by myself every day for seven years. Uh, two hours a day, rereading the Bible, color coding, marking the different uh, sections, prophecy verses about heaven, resurrection in our new body, rewards in heaven, new earth. All these things became the chapters in my, my book, uh, My Search for the Real Heaven. You know, it dawned on me that if you really want to read the Bible, you will find the time. You will make the time. I had 36 employees. We're running a $6 million a year company. Uh, three kids at home, a deacon at church, taught Bible class on the mission team. But I found the time once I was motivated. That envelope from dad motivated me. What needs to motivate you? I pray that God will do whatever it takes for you to be motivated to get in his word and to draw closer to him. About halfway through that seven-year period, an acquaintance called. Now, I call him an acquaintance because he wasn't a close friend. He was a guy I just knew casually. We'd shaken hands. We'd never uh, eaten lunch together or anything. And he calls me one day and he says, uh, Steve, I, I need to call. Can you go to lunch tomorrow? Uh, God told me to tell you something. Now, would that get your attention? 
You know, I was raised ultra conservative, acapella, Church of Christ. I'm the last guy you should be hearing any miracle stories from. And I got nothing but miracle stories. But I'm telling you, I wasn't expecting that. And I thought God was the great I used to could. He used to do that in the Bible, but he doesn't do that anymore. So when this guy said, God told me to tell you something, he had my attention. And I think it would get yours too. So we go to lunch and he's all fidgety and nervous. And, and I said, what's wrong? And he said, well, I'm just nervous about telling you what God told me to tell you. And I said, well, spit it out. What is it? He said, God wants you to write a book about your dad. Promise me you'll do it. I looked at him in amazement. I said, you never even met my dad. He lived 350 miles away. He said, I know, I know, but you, you need to do this. God told me to tell you, you need to write a book about dad. Promise me, will you do it? I said, well, I'll try, but I didn't want to. Later, a few months later, another friend who didn't know dad either told me something very similar and then offered to pay my way to a writer's conference that was coming up within 30 miles of where I live. He said, uh, if I pay your way to that conference, will you go? And I kind of laughed and said, well, I'll go if I'm free uh, that weekend. We had three kids. We had stuff every weekend, ball, ball games of one type or another over and over and over. And uh, I was sure we were busy. I go home, look at the calendar. Guess what? Nothing is going on that weekend. So he talked me into going. Boy, was I out of place. Everybody there had a goal of being a published author. I didn't even want to write an article, much less a book. I came home with no clue and no interest. But the Monday following that weekend conference, I went to the office and my hard drive had crashed. Now it was backed up and, and uh, it was on a network where my data was safe, but it took a few hours for my uh, IT guys to restore, beat a new hard drive, restore everything back like it was and get all the licenses re-registered and all that. So I had a few hours to twiddle my thumbs and I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've been to this conference over the weekend. I'm going to pull out my laptop here. And while he's working on my desktop and, and uh, put down a few memories of dad so I can satisfy my two friends. I wrote a thousand words. I'm telling you, tears flowed down my face. I, I remembered uh, the joy of having a godly father, the, fun of living in a small town, uh, climbing trees in the front yard, um, working at the local grocery store, sacking groceries, and, and uh, saving up to buy a pair of cowboy boots. All these memories flowed, and, and it was tough because I couldn't bring them back. Dad was gone, and that, that era is over, and it was very painful. And if you've lost a loved one, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but as I cried, and wrote these thousand words on a small short story document, I realized this was good for my heart, good for my soul. Uh, are you avoiding something because it's painful? Many of us are. Is God nudging you towards something you're objecting to? Do you think you're not gifted in that way? Believe me, I did not think I could write a book. That is also spiritual warfare. Satan wants you to say no to God, to uh, give up uh, and give in to uh, worldly wishes. God wants you to say yes to him. Say yes to him. I had a business. 
I had a great salary. I had flexibility. I could work when I wanted, take off when I wanted. Why on earth would I leave that? That's what my wife was asking. I said, only because God wants me to be somewhere else. So far, I've written five books now. My Search for the Real Heaven, a Spanish version of that that's about to be republished, a workbook that'll soon be republished, uh, My Search for Prayers Satan Hates, and we're going to talk about that more next time, next, next few uh, um, get-togethers, What Are the Stakes, God Markers on the Land, and then I wrote a daily devotional book called God's Power for Our Daily Battles. Um, that is also available free as a spiritual warfare verse of the day on uh, heartlight.org. Uh, look that up and uh, uh, subscribe to that at their website free if you like it. I'm working on a book now about spiritual weapons. You know, I thought we had two, prayer and God's word. But now I'm up to 54 spiritual weapons from scripture. We'll talk about those in the future. But I'm just telling you, only God can do this stuff. And, and only if we say yes to him, follow his nudges. Say yes to what God is nudging you to do. When I finished writing that thousand words on that document, I thought I was through writing. I called my friend and I said, okay, I promised you I would, I would write or try to. I've done it and it's ready for you to see. He said, I'll be there in 30 minutes. He lived 30 minutes away. So he sat there and read it and I watched him. He looked up at me and his eyes were kind of red. And he said, where's the rest of it? I said, what do you mean? Rest of it. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm, that's all. I'm done. I'm finished. He said, no, you're just getting started. There's so many things you touched on here. I want to hear the rest of the story. I hung my head and cried. I did not want to do that. It, it was so painful to dig through those memories because I miss dad so much. Let me tell you, I'm still working on it, bro. Next time, I'm going to tell you an amazing story about a young foreign exchange student from South Korea who was an atheist and became a Christian. Once she became a Christian, she was scared to go to heaven. And this book affected her in an amazing way, in a way only God could have coordinated. So I can't wait to share that with you next time. But until then, let me urge you, keep praying because prayer works. God loves you and I love you.